many, many guys in the program for probably more than five years are able to say is that they are grateful for the diagnosis of their addiction. Uh, they are grateful that God uh, slowed them down, that God provided consequences to them for their instruction and for their correction, that God showed them a new path uh, for them to pursue. God started taking their fantasies and uh, turning them into visions for how to serve him better. Sometimes we're not going to get this kind of course correction, this kind of uh, vision improvement if we don't uh, allow God to leave us at times with the pain that we're going through. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. We're happy to bring you a legacy podcast today called Purpose in the Pain with Dr. Mark Laser. Mark will share his experience and wisdom as he talks about this very important uh, subject with you. This will be a three-part podcast, so watch for three additional podcasts here on this subject. Also, we'd like to mention that the series that we had been featuring on Rebuilding Trust we had a number of technical difficulties recording this last podcast, so watch for us to return to the recording and offering of that podcast in November. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser and Purpose in the Pain. I, I would like to and, and uh, go through a few weeks of just exploring scripture that shows us that uh, <clears throat> uh, trial uh, journey. It's kind of a it's kind of a theme of journey. Uh, spiritual uh, growth is a journey, and uh, we need to be alert for all the elements of that journey. And we sometimes, I think, tend to think that all elements of a spiritual journey should be all peaceful and happy and joyous. And we're jumping up and down at church singing praise songs. When in fact, uh, I think some of my greatest spiritual growth has happened when I've been confronted with challenges, uh, depression at times, anguish, uh, <clears throat> getting punched in the stomach with some new news, and uh, all of that. So, and I want to bring uh, Debbie onto the show as part of this series sometime in the next several weeks. Uh, to discuss the same dynamic for the wives, because I do think that one of the things we're aiming for here at Faithful and True is to help our 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 community of people uh, learn how to grow together in their common struggle, their common suffering, their common trials, their common pain that they're all in. Right, growth through pain. Growth, yeah, you know, don't we all kind of hate that? It's like. The old, our old high school football coaches, you know, no pain, no gain. Um, but there is uh, spiritually some truth to this, I do believe. so. And, and sometimes we have no idea 
what that growth is going to be. We don't, right. you know, we don't have the vision. You talk all the time about the need and the importance for uh, creating a vision for right. ourselves. Right. And sometimes God in his wonderment, um, you know, uh, we can't see what's lying ahead, but he has great things planned for us. Well, and that's part of this because uh, God has a plan. It's much larger than anything we've ever conceived of. And he knows the only way to take us to school to get us to there might be to take us through the journey of adversity. And uh, I was just thinking with Aaron here, he just graduated from college. College is a journey, and isn't there adversity? There's lots of adversity, yeah. Almost like some, at least one thing happens every week where you're like, I didn't plan for that. I didn't want that to happen, but it happened. And hopefully you can learn from it. And I just, I've been reading a lot in Hebrews recently, and God, or the uh, writer of Hebrews says that God disciplines those he loves like a father disciplines his son. Like, if we're not being instructed by God, we should be worried. Like, if we're not being confronted with our sin, because that means we're unaware of it. Right. That's so much worse than being confronted by it and having to having to work through it with God. You don't have to do it alone, too. That's mm-hmm. that's nice. So I, I really like Hebrews for this conversation. Well, you might look up some Hebrew verses for as this show, uh, this series unfolds. Uh, where I wanted to go with it was uh, I think all of us young men coming out of, uh, in my case, uh, college and seminary and graduate school, uh, I really thought, you know, I'm 26, you know, I'm, I'm jogging every day. Um, Debbie's expecting our first child, uh, Sarah, and uh, I'm, I'm working toward my Ph.D. degree. You know, all is right with the world. And uh, one day I noticed that I was getting thirsty a lot. And back in those days, did not know how to interpret that other than to drink water and uh uh, in some cases, to drink Coke. Uh, but in those days, I was drinking regular Coke. Little did I know that that regular Coke was making it worse because what I, what it turned out I had was uh, uh, diabetes. Some of you know that I'm in the process of writing a book called Everyday Angels, and uh, you know every time I think about the topic, some everyday angel from my past comes to mind. Uh, I was preaching at a church. I was filling a church during those days. And uh, one of the older guys in the church noticed that um, as I was preaching, uh, he said, you were doing something, uh, you know, Reverend Laser, that you, that you, you rarely do historically, and that is you were drinking water while you were preaching. You, and you normally never do that. And you just seemed like you were so dry up there. Uh, did you ever consider that you might be diabetic? And here's this 70-year-old farmer, you know, out in this farm town where I was preaching, kind of giving me a medical opinion. And, you know, it, my, my 26-year-old narcissism, I said, there's no way. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm a in, picture of health. I'm a picture of I'm health. I'm an athlete. I'm jogging every day. <laughs> I'm, you know, having a child. Uh, there's no way that that can be true. So, but he said... You know, I would go into the student health service and get it checked out. So that's what I did. And sure enough, uh, uh, my blood sugar was, you know, through the roof and uh, got the diagnosis, was quickly uh, put in the hospital and set on a path uh, that now has lasted uh, for 39 years. At the time, uh, this uh, 
president who was a very pastoral guy. He was dying, but he, he managed to send out one final pastoral letter to all the pastors of the denomination, just attesting to his faith. Uh, but um, it struck me, uh, being a, like at this point, uh, a two- or three-week-old uh, diabetic, uh, these words of Paul in Second Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 4 were just absolutely perfect. So here they are. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. I could read on, but let's explore this a little bit and also try to relate it to addiction. One of the things you notice there is that uh, we are being allowed to carry in our body the death of Christ. So uh, that means we, we need to know. I mean, it's, it's a living daily reminder that this life is, is temporary. This life is mortal. Uh, we have a body that serves our soul as long as we're here on earth. But, you know, we should not worship our body, you know. Uh, we should not uh, worship the concept of absolutely perfect health. Uh, I remember um, reading that passage the first month I was diabetic because, you know, back in those days, uh, I had to take a daily insulin injection in the morning. And I just remember making that injection uh, part of my daily meditation, which sounds strange, but it was like I'm injecting insulin. If I don't take insulin, uh, my body will die. Uh, this is my way of um, remembering that God is in charge, God is in control, that uh, God has given me a body. He's, he's giving me medicine now that can, that can manage this for the rest of my life. Uh, but I still need to remember that uh, uh, the transcendent power, as Paul said, belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me. And when I'm saying that, you know, at that part in my career, it was very important for me to remember that I wasn't God's gift to the counseling industry. I wasn't anything. I was just, I was still in the process of learning and learning how to be humble, learning how to learn. I mean, all of that was a part of this. And then I think along the way, uh, I had hoped, I'll, I'll be honest, I had hoped for a miraculous cure. I had prayed for it. Uh, I had a daughter coming along, and I didn't really want, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to be around, you know, for Sarah. And uh, But, you know, the, the process of uh, being diabetic and learning how to eat right and exercise right and, and just live lots of parts of your life in moderation you know, I, I think it's had such a good effect on so many other things. Plus, it's taught me all the spiritual lessons that I think are in this this verse that uh, we were trying to unpack a little bit today. Well, your example is an amazing um, story of uh, 
a medical exercise of injection, injecting yourself uh, with uh, insulin, mm -hmm. and yet it had such a strong connection to spirituality. Right. Well, I think so much of uh, our body and soul is connected, and uh, you know we're going to face other challenges as we move on, and I think it, in every situation, um, God has something to teach us. Uh, whether we get a chronic condition, a life-threatening illness, um, just simple back pain because we've been working too hard or working out too hard, whatever the, whatever the medical uh, or physical life challenges that we face, uh, it's a reminder of what's what's important and what what direction sometimes God wants to send us. I think in my life, God is definitely wanting me to slow down. I, that's one of the messages I'm getting lately. Uh, and we're in the process of doing some of that uh, in some things that are kind of activities that are taxing. They're, you know, they're really hard. So uh, we'll just see how that unwinds. But I do know that uh, God wants uh, us to focus on things like this show and writing and some speaking. Uh, but sometimes God needs to slow us down and slap us upside the head. That's how I look at it. Well, God's been very busy in rearranging your schedule for you. Yes, he has. And also re-prioritizing uh, re, uh, you know, uh, yeah. what your schedule yeah. as well. Right. And isn't it amazing how these times that we find ourselves uh, dealing with physical uh, pain or ailments, how it is eye-opening to how precious and frail life can be itself. Right, I mean, right. You start to really appreciate all those days when you're feeling great. Yeah, well, I think one of the exercises I've been trying to do every morning when I get up now, uh, facing into a new medical problem that's going to require some, some treatment, uh, just to be grateful for uh, things that I, I'm able to get out of bed. I'm I'm able to stand up. I'm able to brush my own teeth. I'm able to drive my own car. You know, stuff like that. I, we've talked about this before in the show. Developing that attitude of gratitude, I think, is a very important thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, continually seeking what God is trying to teach us. And if God is not healing us in the way that we would like him to heal us, there is a purpose to that. That he has a, he has a plan of something he wants us to know. Something he wants us to correct something he wants us to move toward, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I have had similar experiences to what you're describing there is, and I find myself praying to be enlightened to where are you leading me? I mean, you yeah. know, please, would you please, you right. know, show me uh, what you want me to do? And uh, like you said, learning and being inspired and growing through those experiences that he, in essence, blesses us with. Right. Our friend Steve, uh, the lawyer, he knows where he is. He knows who he is. And uh, he's been an encourager over the years, uh, which I really appreciate. And he sent a devotional today that someone else wrote about uh, uh, John chapter 5 and the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda, which we, it's one of our three spiritual questions here. But. Uh, I think one of the points of the devotional was that um, sometimes when we get an illness, uh, we get a new diagnosis, uh, we, uh, we have a design for how we'd like God to heal us. And I uh, think that our design is probably for something quick without consequences. I know that was true for me early on. 
what I would say today, of course, is that um, what many, many guys in the program for probably more than five years are able to say is that they are grateful for the diagnosis of their addiction. Uh, they are grateful that God uh, slowed them down, that God provided consequences uh, to them for their instruction and for their correction, um, that God showed them uh, a new path uh, for them to pursue. Uh, God started taking their fantasies and uh, turning them into visions for how to serve him better. Um, sometimes we're not going to get this kind of course correction, this kind of uh, vision improvement if we don't uh, allow God to leave us at times with the pain that we're going through. It's almost being grateful to God for allowing you to crash and burn. Yeah, that's... In I, essence, yeah, is what yeah. it sounds like you're saying. Well, it is what I'm saying, because I think without my crash and burn uh, back in uh, 87, I, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here today. I probably wouldn't be married. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have had the time with my kids and certainly wouldn't have this ministry. I don't know what I'd be doing. You know, I'd be off doing something crazy, I'm sure. God allowed for there to be consequences. He, he allowed for there to be an intervention. He allowed for there to be instruction. And I will tell you that there were plenty of days of pain, anguish, sadness, depression, um, just lots of uh, despair at times. And uh, God was using all of that to... Uh, and draw me closer to him, draw me closer to community, draw me closer to Debbie. And um, the, I, I look back on those early days and would not trade them for the world, as painful as they were at the time. Right. And that's kind of the gist of my message. We hope for the wrong things sometimes. Right. We hope for the perfect life. And uh, the perfect life is not what uh, it's really all about. Right. And so often it's not reality as well. Well, it's certainly not reality. You know. Which, you know, you can get yourself into trouble. It's not like we're not, you know, asking for, you know, good and pleasant things to come our way at times. Um, blessings to be poured out on our families and so forth. But um, I guess one of the central ideas of this series is that God does not waste pain. God uses pain to draw us closer to him and to draw us more dependent on him, and to teach us, I think, various life lessons about uh, what's really important in life. And yet, isn't it true, Mark, how often we're not seeing what that purpose is oh, at yeah. the time? We're just saying, Lord, I don't know what the plan yeah. is at the moment, but right. I, know, I know you have something in, in store for me. Well, it's uh, quite often uh, when we're in the middle of something, you know, we get into that uh, almost childlike, you know, frightened place. Uh, like David uh, so often uh, uh, writes a psalm about, you know, how long, O oh Lord? You know, how how long are you going to let this go on? How how uh, devastating can this possibly be? Why me? Uh, you know, those are the places we kind of go to, and uh, we're certainly not at that point grateful for the pain, or uh, we see any meaning, purpose, or useful kind of experience in it. And yet it's a little bit along the lines of the adage, 
Um, it's like the old Garth Brooks song, um, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes when we're going through something and, and in our mind we think that we're yeah. longing for something and God deems for us that that wouldn't be appropriate. And then down the road you went, wow, yeah. am I glad that didn't come true. True. So sometimes the lessons that God has in store for us as we're going through these yeah. uh, various forms of pain are usually pretty enlightening when we get to that point. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to talk about in terms of, uh, you know, this is not going to be a long series, I, but I, I do want it to be an encouragement to people. I think, you know, we need sometimes a community around us reminding us that in all circumstances, God is at work. Uh, in all things, God is working for good. Uh, to those who love him. That's Romans 8.28 for the Bible scholars out there. Uh, so in other words, God is at work in everything. And sometimes we need our community around us to remind us of that. I had an interesting story that uh, happened just before uh, I drove over here today, actually. Uh, uh, and I thought I'd get into it. What do you think? I'm We've, codependent. I want you to like it. You, ha- you have both Aaron and myself on the edge of our seats. Uh, for those listening at home, I would not say that's visually consistent with what I'm looking at. But uh, well, Aaron just scooted, Aaron just to, the scooted edge. to the front he is, of his seat. Yeah. He's such a people pleaser. Well, he's younger and can do those kinds of things easily. Uh, <laughs> I usually have to plan a move like that in advance. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that's been uh, been interesting is that uh, uh, our son, uh, who I talk about a lot, uh, our oldest son, John. Talk about Ben, uh, our youngest son, occasionally too. Uh, John is a uh, broadcaster uh, for Virginia Tech University, and he's in uh, the middle of basketball season right now. And their their coach is kind of legendary. He's kind of a, I think the word curmudgeon comes to mind. He's eccentric at times. Uh, he's kind of outspoken at times. Uh, and yet, as John is coming to find out by spending so much time with him, he turns out that he's a very caring uh, uh, Christian man. John was home to visit uh, a week or so ago, and uh, I was just thinking about Coach Williams. His name is Buzz Williams, and uh, uh, I had uh, a couple of scriptures on cards uh, that I was looking at, uh, given you know one of the seasons that I'm going through, and it was in fact the scripture that we talked about last week was on one of those cards, Second Corinthians chapter four verse seven. Uh, we have this uh, treasure in uh, jars of clay or earthen vessels to remind us that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. And then it goes on and talks about how we're perplexed and persecuted and despairing, but uh, we are never. Uh, driven to hopelessness because of uh, the fact that God is with us in all of this. So um, I had that on a card and just, you know, one of those impulsive um, uh, thoughts. Uh, John was actually walking out the door with his overcoat on to go back to the airport. He had to fly back to uh, then travel with the team for a game um, the following day. Uh, I just handed him the card and said, you know, I don't know. Uh, what is uh, happening here, John, but uh, if you think about it, uh, this card, uh, uh, I would love it if you would give it to Coach Williams. 
Uh, now, I should say that you know their season has been a, a much better one than it was last year. They've definitely made improvements. They're in you know one of the strongest basketball conferences in the country, the ACC, and you know so uh, they've 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 struggled in some games. They've won some other games. Uh, they've had some ups and downs, some hardships, and uh, uh, so I just I don't know. I just said give this scripture to uh, uh, Coach Williams. So. I get a text right before I come over here uh, that John has been to chapel with the team this morning because he has chapel every morning, actually, and they do a Bible study. Mm -hmm. This is a state university, by the way. This is is uh, not a Christian college. This this is is not Liberty out there in Virginia. This is Virginia Tech. Right. uh, But they have chapel every morning, and uh, uh, John uh, has been going to chapel with the team. Um, which is, you know, as far as mom and dad is concerned. You're you know, thrilled. Yeah, we are, we are beyond thrilled. And uh, so John decides this morning is as good a time as any. I don't know if he had this card still in the, the pocket of that pocket coat. Of, of that coat. Uh, yeah. but, he, but he handed it to uh, Coach Williams this morning. And uh, Coach Williams uh, basically told John to tell me, uh, thank you for sending that verse. You know, it was so meaningful to me today, and uh, that uh, he shared it with the whole team, and that the whole team would be praying for our family in our current situation. And I said, "That's angelic. Yeah. That's yeah, it is. That's that's, that's di- divine intervention. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, God took that card and put it in your hand, and you put it in John's, John's and he put it in Coach Williams' hand." And now they're playing a game tonight. And do you not think that that game is going to be a lot more special for us to watch? Of course. Knowing, of course. Knowing that the team that we're going to be watching tonight on national television yeah. is... Uh, and yet the, the general public will have no idea of what has transpired back that's right. you know, in chapel, that's behind, right. the scenes, behind the scenes. And yet you, you know yeah. that God put in your hands that note card and uh across the miles across the hand-to-hand handoffs yeah, right. uh i would not be surprised to see the team play tonight with a very special resolve well there they also happen to be playing at boston college that is winless in the acc this year god works in mysterious god ways mark in mysterious <laughs> ways so uh, yeah, you'd like to think that it's because of <laughs> scriptural intervention tonight. That they're playing they, Kentucky, and they're going to win by 20. Yeah, yeah that's probably, exactly. exactly. Uh, so anyway. Oh, it's a wonderful story. It, well, it's just a kind of a segue to say that, uh, you know, whatever our family's going through, whatever the team is going through, whatever Coach Williams is going through, uh, whatever a whole uh, a chain of people is going through, um, God, God is able to reach down and find some meaning uh, in that pain and uh, some encouragement in that in that pain. Uh, basically, in this case, uh, through a man that I have never personally met, met. Right. At least and not yet. Uh, I have a feeling that... That, man, that meeting is coming. That meeting is coming. Yeah. Well, I I think that you have already jump-started the, uh, the specialness of that relationship. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well... Um, one of the things I thought we'd move on to uh, is this verse from, I'm still in Second Corinthians, I guess, uh, 
this is one of my favorite verses, um, which I thought we could, at least in our first half uh, of the show today, just talk about this one briefly. It's sure, pretty self sure. It's very self-explanatory, I think. Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. This is Paul talking, of course, and he says, But uh, he said to me, this is, this is Christ, um, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. And this is my faith. I remember this when I was a boy. You know, it's, it's one of, part of one of those old so- Sunday school songs. Uh, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, that's part of Jesus loves me. Yes, it? it is. I was going to say that, Yeah. That kind of takes you back to some of your earliest theological learnings uh, when you were two years old. But uh, when I am weak, then I am strong. That's part of the uh, theme here, the purpose and the pain. And I think uh, Paul, of course, had all of these things, hardships, persecutions, difficulties, and so forth. And uh, he is just saying to us, we should not cover those up. We should not uh, uh, be too full of ourselves. We should not necessarily get in the opposite place, which is, you know, I'm, I'm a really special guy because I have all these hardships, but I do think it's a, uh, a chance for us through our hardships to, uh, to witness to the power of Christ and his companionship with us in those things. Uh, purpose in the pain. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, sections about this kind of thing is in uh, 2 Corinthians. Again, I've been in 2 Corinthians this whole time, I think. And this is chapter 1, when Paul is, uh, first of all, greeting the Corinthian church. And uh, I won't get into all of that. That's verses 1 and 2. But then in uh, uh, verse 3, he says, he starts saying this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the suffering of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, we so also you share in our comfort. Uh, I've always found this, particularly, you know, in the work that we do, uh, when when I think about uh, the fact that you know Debbie and I, 30 years ago, began our journey in uh, to the whole field of healing from sexual sin, addiction, sexual infidelity, and that throughout you know those early days, weeks, months, and years. Uh, God was uh, providing us with consequences, which I think uh, helped to perfect our recovery and our and our character. Uh, he was also comforting us in so many ways. We've talked about many examples over the course of these shows, but uh, I do think that that today, as we uh, minister to those who are broken with sexual 
sin. This, this is a wonderful verse that kind of captures the idea that uh, as Deb and I are able to work with couples or individuals, you know, we are able to comfort them with the same comfort that, that we ourselves received. I don't think if we hadn't gone through the sufferings or the trials or the hardships or the consequences ourselves, uh, we wouldn't nearly uh, be as effective as hopefully we are. If that makes some sense. Well, it does make sense. And it's one of the things that is uh, most compelling when we have individuals that uh, approach us. Uh, I had an extended conversation uh, on the phone yesterday with uh, uh, the conversation started when the gentleman called into our main number and talked to Sherry. Mm-hmm. And he was inquiring about our Men of Valor workshop. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a very short minute or two, he asked if he could speak to uh, a, ma- a male rather than, right. than Sherry. Sure. And so Sherry, as we oftentimes do, passed him off to me. Uh, and it turned into an extended conversation, and he was uh, devastated. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to decide whether coming for the three-day intensive workshop would be the right thing because mm-hmm. he had so much shame and so much yeah. guilt, mm-hmm. you know. And I just, I just told mm-hmm. him that, um, you know, uh, number one, that we would be praying for him. But number two, the men that come here um, are more similar to him than he's thinking. He right. thinks that mm-hmm. that no one else is, you know, quite like he is. And right. I said that's a, that's pretty common, but. Your ability to have already walked in his shoes mm-hmm. and you sharing your story as you always do at the beginning is one of the most um, uh, tension-releasing experiences that these men have mm-hmm. because they they know that they've come across someone who for t- 29 years almost now mm-hmm. has walked in those shoes and has been blessed mm-hmm. and forgiven and that puts you in a unique position of being able to uh, share the healing that God offers us. Right. So, God does not waste pain. That's one of the no. themes of our show. God and this man was, was surely in pain. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, well, of course, if he comes, he's going to share uh, that pain uh, with a lot of other men. And uh, I do think that uh, one of the things Paul is talking about uh, is he, you know, understands the teachings of Christ. You go back to uh, what is it, Matthew eleven? Uh, is any among, among you tired, uh, uh, distressed, or what? How does that go? Any among you weak or heavy laden? Uh, uh, I will give you rest. And uh, he goes on to talk about that uh, uh, we are to share with Christ his yoke. And the idea of a yoke is that when you share a burden, the burden gets lighter. Right. And uh, Jesus is saying to us, I think, he came to earth to share our burden so that our burdens get lighter. And we have a chance through Christ-like fellowship at the workshop to share all of our burdens, whether they're you know, something that we're really actively currently going through or something we've historically gone through. You know, uh, it's in the sharing of our pain and the sharing uh, with Christ that I think all of our hardships, all of our burdens get lighter. Yeah. The more we talk about this, the more uh, uh, exhilarating I think that this, uh, this series can be. 
Well, we're having uh, a lot of reflection about it, and and some of it is important for all of us, even uh, that are going through some some hard uh, times at the moment. And so uh, we are comforted uh, by others too that uh, I know have been praying for us and that kind of thing. Well, the the phone has been ringing off the hook with people checking in on you and checking in on us, and, and we, we thank those friends for their love and care there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any last thoughts as we close today's program? Be of good courage, and uh, uh, I think one of the things that uh, maybe would be good to emphasize is if you are in distress, if you are in pain, if you are in some kind of hardship, don't keep it to yourself. You know, don't uh, hold it inside. Uh, find somebody to talk to about it. Thank you for joining us today on this first installment of the three-part series, Purpose in the Pain, featuring Dr. Mark Laser. We hope that Mark's words of wisdom have been helpful to you and that you'll be looking forward to the next two installments of this podcast. If uh, this podcast has opened your eyes to a problem that you have been struggling with yourself, we invite you to visit faithfulandtrue.com. There you'll find many free and available resources for you, including the information and online registration for the Men's Journey Workshop. Uh, Go to the workshop section of our website, and there you'll find all of the details. You'll find a brief uh, video in which we answer the most frequently asked questions that men have about the three-day workshop, as well as information about the spouse's workshop for for women and for the couple's workshop. We hope that these uh, opportunities will help really jumpstart your healing journey and be the powerful life-changing event that they have been for so many others. So until we join you again, we hope that this coming week will be a week filled with many blessings and with great vision.